Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri alongside Evan Thorpe and Michelle Martinelli, who is filling in for a absent Stephen Ruiz. Stephen, I hope you're having fun on vacation. I'm having fun filling in for Stephen while he's on vacation, so... <laughs> Guys, we had to take a break last week because we tried to send you a podcast, but honestly, I'm not even going to lie about it. The audio was so bad, we did not want to subject your ears to that. So there was no podcast last week, and we're sorry about that, but we're on a more regular schedule right now. I'm blaming that on Steven because (laughs) we planned to do it via Skype. Yeah. I was the only one that had my Skype account. Then we tried on FaceTime. And Steven hasn't updated his Iowa software. Moving on to some actual sports that are happening. We're going to get into some Wimbledon talk. We are going to talk about, of course, the U.S. women's and national team. Who else? And anything else that might come up. Uh, First things first, let's talk about the U.S. women's national team, though, because I feel like that has been the big story of the week. As you guys know, the U.S. women's national team won the World Cup fourth time, second time in a row, fourth... uh, overall title they were phenomenal they were dominant they were aggressive they were also very controversial um there's a lot of stuff happening at play here but i want to focus on their celebrations yeah i think uh i think it's one of the few times where like at the team one i felt like i celebrated too even though i like coming into this i had nothing to do with soccer but like the fact that everything they've gone through all all the hate they've gotten from people in this country. And it's mm-hmm. like, not only did they win, but, like, they bragged and they celebrated and they trolled you while they did it. So, yes. like, pinkies up, sipping my tea because <laughs> we winners. And that's powerful. Yeah, it's super powerful. I read an article, and, of course, I cannot remember where it was, <laughs> but I believe, I think it was in Think Progress, and I think it was, um, I think it was there. But it was about how... If you lean a certain way politically, these women were unafraid of embodying that political ethos. So you felt like you could cheer for athletes that might share the same political beliefs at you. And that is the main reason why there has been so much conservative backlash towards this team is because they have been so outspoken politically. And you think about uh, Meg Rapino, right? Rapino. I'm not trying to be like the world soccer (laughs) guy, get their name wrong because that's my president. But like, this isn't, like, her first step in doing this. Like, yeah. she kneeled alongside Callan Kaepernick early on in the stages of kneeling. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's gay. Mm-hmm. She, she She's not afraid to be herself. And she's yeah. letting it know. Like, she disagrees with the president. Right. And they she got him to tweet about her. Mm-hmm. So, clearly, like, she is in some powerful people's heads. And she doesn't care. Like, her whole body language demeanor is like, F it. I'm me. Mm-hmm. If you don't like me. You still got to deal with me. Yes. She is unapologetic. Not going to lie. I tried to buy her jersey, (laughs) and they don't have that many men sizes. And, like, the authentic was 300. I was like, look, rap baby. Rap baby. (laughs) The paychecks don't come in like that for me to spend $300 on a jersey. Yeah, that is. That's a lot of money for a jersey. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a jersey. And I'm sure that she would be okay with you spending it or donating it however you see fit. 
But yeah, there's this level of unapologeticness to Megan Rapinoe, but Alex Morgan as well, the entire team. And you see so many athletes that try to straddle that line, right? That they Mm -hmm. don't want to offend people, but they want to try to be diplomatic. And she's like, no, this is unequivocally what I am. And she has no problem using words that you think that it's interesting to hear finally somebody be like, yeah, we have a lot of gay people on our team, like gay people, straight people, black people. You never hear athletes that just like straightforward talk about these issues unless it's Colin Kaepernick. Well, and she said repeatedly too, you don't win championships without gay people on your team. Like whether or not you've known about that, like that is something that has happened and they're just owning that and they're proud about that. And like you said, they're not apologetic about anything. And yeah. actually sort of going to a, a celebratory moment at the parade yesterday, a video bouncing around social media. Um, she was possibly a couple glasses of champagne deep at this point and had the a bottle of champagne in one hand and the World Cup trophy in the other and repeatedly said, I deserve this. Yeah. And when um, I wish I could remember whose social account it was when they said, what do you what do you deserve? And she deserve, and she said, I deserve all of this. Yeah. And there was there was something so particularly endearing and empowering about an athlete like that recognizing their platform, recognizing how they use it in a broader sense, but also unapologetically being proud of their accomplishments. She was undeniably the best player in the tournament. Yeah. And after having, you know, in her in her thirties in her she just turned 34 during the tournament that's yeah. not young compared to some of these people and she was the best and she was proud and willing to brag and there's something empowering about that well yeah well it's not just that there's something empowering that is empowering full mm-hmm. stop like there's no ambiguity about that moment right it is very much an ownership it is a rejection of the way women are taught to be demure mm-hmm. and self-sacrificing and humble all right politely celebrating right. your accomplishments yeah and the whole team is like no in your face we accomplished this we're the best yeah i mean i also think like you got to look at the situation that they came into, you know, battling equal pay with compared to the men's team. So it's like she they earned they proved that not only should they be paid as much as the men, but like they are the face of U.S. soccer. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they like we don't we don't care about the men like last year. We didn't care <laughs> what the, the men did. Well, uh, well US they men didn't, didn't even make it. They didn't qualify. <laughs> They're very much the face of U.S. soccer. They're very much uh, the face for this fight about equal pay. And yes, the the way that the women get paid versus the way the men get paid is very complicated. They're structured in a lot of different ways. A lot of it involves prize money that's allocated through FIFA. So there's a lot of different things in the works. But the overall argument is that they actually get paid less because they're women. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that. That is kind of the crux of their lawsuit. Um, It is gender discrimination. And we saw not just after they won the World Cup, we saw at the parade multiple times equal pay chants coming out. Mm -hmm. Their fans are out there, whether it was in France or stateside, they're out in giant numbers supporting them and supporting their causes. And that's awesome as well. Right. And uh, Rapino said this in a post in a post game press conference where, you know, somebody asked her about the lawsuit and she said, this makes it harder for them and it does Mm -hmm. because you cannot argue the level of popularity the level of revenue that they have generated um and this also goes back to sponsors right like private sponsors Mm -hmm. like nike and budweiser who are going to start coming in and help women's sports um so i think overall this has been a really fun week 
I mean, for me anyway. Oh, kind it's of, been awesome. Right, to kind of watch the celebratoriness and ride its coattails for a while. What remains to be seen is what is the lasting impact of this movement for women's sports, right? You've got uh, young girls who are obviously going to be inspired by these women, and uh, that helps perpetuate more interest in women's sports. Whether or not leads to any actual interest in the National Women's Soccer League remains to be seen. I mean, you also got to think like WNBA. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a lot of NBA players like call on the Twitter like, hey, guess what? Our season might be out, but you can still go to these games and support these women who are playing basketball at a high level just like we are. Yeah. So, I mean, all around you think hopefully within the next couple of years, like, those female athletes get the respect and with that like fans start to appreciate their sport right like they do male sports right and i mean journalism is in the state that it's in and we don't have resources to cover anything in the right way but hopefully more interest also means more coverage from us right and not just you know it's great to support them once every four years not that i'm the biggest supporter in the world like i'm totally in that category with the majority of people But instead of doing that once every four years, like there's lots of cities across the country that have these local teams that come and you can see these superstars play relatively regularly. Right. And and then the thing I think the thing to take away from this is that it is always about keeping that momentum going and it might not be consistent, but every huge event like this kind of helps push um, push women's sports forward more into the spotlight to. That being said, let's move on to talk about Wimbledon. (laughs) Michelle, why don't you tell us about Serena Williams at Wimbledon? Uh, She is playing phenomenally, despite the fact that she has not had to face um, the highest of seeds in this Mm -hmm. tournament. She is back in the Wimbledon final on Saturday for the second consecutive time in this tournament. She is looking for her 24th Grand Slam, um, which is just... Like, think about that number. Like, That's... Roger Federer has 20, and he is also considered one of the greatest tennis players of all time. She has 20, 23, could get 24 on Saturday, um, but is playing Simona Halep, who is mm-hmm. seeded number seven, which is by far the highest seed Serena will face right. in this tournament. So that's going to be interesting. Do you think she cruised to the final? Cruise, I think, is a strong word because a few of her matches did go to three sets. Um, so I think, but I think there there were moments when she looked like she had hit um, s- some like smooth power that mm-hmm. we've seen in her before, and you know moments where you know a couple games in a row where it was just like you saw that look in her eye, you saw the reaction after she won the point, and that emotion, it was just like, oh, Serena's back. Right. And it's like, no, she's not quite, but you saw flashes of that. So she didn't win last year, right? No, she was in the final, and she lost last year to Angelique Kerber. Okay. Do uh, you- Go ahead. I'm happy for Serena. <laughs> <laughs> but Coco was the biggest star. Yes. Yes. Yes, by and far. We got Coco for X amount of years, so let's go Coco. So let's go Coco, but (laughs) I also am super weary of these young kids that kind of catapult into stardom for for a brief moment, and then we wait to see what happens. Coco Mm -hmm. is one. Chloe Kim is another one. 
um, you always hope that nothing goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think with Coco, it's still a little too early to tell. Like, she obviously has a lot of talent. She's incredible. And the hope is is that she's able to build on all of that. Right. As opposed to, like, skyrocket to the top and then fizzle out before the time you turn 20. Exactly. I mean... She's only 15 years old and showed the kind of poise that you don't see from professionals who have been on the tour for years. Yeah. And I mean, that was fun. I think it was fun. Super, super fun. And also the kind of stuff that you watch sports for, right? Mm -hmm. For for the 15-year-old underdog to to kind of make a run for it. Um, But here's hoping that we see her in like three years, Mm -hmm. right? Versus, like you said, shoot straight to the top and then kind of fizzle away. You know what's crazy, though? No. From her, what, third round? She got in the third round, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She made 200000 I read. Yeah. For making it that far. Yeah. Yeah, which was like so much more than she had made collectively. She's still in school. All right, let's move on to the body shaming of the week. There's two. <laughs> there's two? Yeah, there's two body shamings that we can get into. We one got is, Zion. Yeah, one is Zion, and the other is Jason Momoa. Oh, yes! <laughs> Who? First of all, don't. Don't. Don't who. Stop. That's my dad. Stop. Google it. That's my dad. I don't have internet. Use, use it. that. Yes. Dad bod on vacation. <laughs> How dare you come at the, the king of Atlantis. Uh, was what, what was his name in Game of Thrones? Uh, Cal Droko or something yeah. like that. Like how do you how you come at a man on vacation? And he still had abs. But I but also here's the thing. How do you come at him when he still looks like 10 times better than anybody at home criticizing him, okay? I, I'm definitely not going <laughs> to say anything about him. I could say more about Zion, but but he was in he's still in great shape. That's not a yes. he's not like oh, oh. Aquaman. Yes. 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 <laughs> Welcome to the conversation, <laughs> Michelle. You're fun at parties. But no. I like, am awesome at parties. But like the fact that he is cut up still. He might not be uh, Aquaman physique, but like yeah. he's still in good shape. Yes. My thing is, is that if you are going to body shame anybody, you need to show a picture of yourself. You better be perfect. You better be perfect. You better have JLo abs and A-Rod whatever before you start talking <laughs> about people's bodies. And they're like, but also don't. Like, I mean, even if you are perfect, even if you are Instagram model or actual model or professional athlete, yeah. like, don't shame other people for their bodies because you don't know what they're doing in their life and what they've got going on. And basically, don't. this is the Thor argument. This is yeah. the fat Thor argument. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like fat Thor because nobody that fat could be a superhero. Let's let my man eat. <laughs> let my man eat. Let Zion eat that good old Louisiana gumbo and come out here and dunk. He's. The, the first game he played in, <laughs> yeah. he looked good. He had a knee problem. Guess what? Zion was the same weight in high school. He got a little trimmer, a little cut at Duke. He's probably the same size now. And guess what? He's going to get the best uh, 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 sports medicine right. to, to mm-hmm. get him. Nutritionist. At the, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, to this athlete fixation about with weight and stuff, to a degree, I kind of understand that if you are a coach or if you are a part of the team. But from the peanut gallery is <laughs> excessive and inappropriate and does not need to happen. And who are you to talk? And somebody like, like Zion, like you look yes. at his size, like that's a grown boy. Like he's yes. been that he's since I've seen him in high school, he's been that size. So, of course, the average person going to look at him and say, oh, he's big. 
Right. But, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> but not even that, but the criticisms that are filtering kind of down from the sports media ecosystem aren't really based in a lot of fact. They're kind of based on like these superficial judgments of yeah. will he be able to do this? Will he be able to do that? When he has looked really good in the summer league games and the season has not yet started. So it's all incredibly premature. And all it does is kind of exacerbate these conversations because there isn't a lot else to talk about. Um, right. It's like pulling something out of thin air just because it's July and exactly. there's nothing going on. And it's not even that the season hasn't started. The beginning of the season is months exactly. away. Yes, yeah. it is. It is a long time away. And he just got drafted. I'm pretty sure like after you get drafted, you have to figure out where you're going to live at in this new city. Mm-hmm. And you just have to like get adjusted to it. It's a stressful time. Yeah. Yeah, cause, cause and that takes a toll on your body regardless of your nutrition yes. and eating habits. Once yeah. September comes, he's going to be playing basketball every day. I hear you. Um, just to prove that I am not perfect, I will not body shame, but did y'all see how Meghan Merkle was holding that baby? <laughs> I thought the baby was yes. on fire, like her hands were burning. I'm like, good Lord, even I know, man, you got to tuck it a little it bit. It sort of seems like how I might hold a baby, not like someone who's been a mom for a couple months. She was holding it like, it's like, broken here. Yeah. <laughs> Can we return this one? <laughs> I was like, do you know how to hold a baby? Because let me teach you. Hey. But also, YouTube what? Video? That was a photo, right? Yeah. It's, it's entirely possible it that was several, we're just though. terrible people and that photo caught her at a wrong angle no. and a wrong moment. No. You, it's the facial no. expression. I'm trying to give her tell. the benefit of the doubt You could tell when somebody don't know how to hold a baby because their face looks so, like, awkward. Yeah. And she was like, hmm. Yeah. She, those pictures were, like I said, this is the thing where, as a journalist, obviously I would not write about it, but I feel free to express my opinion on this podcast. And just like Zion <laughs> playing basketball every day, she gonna learn. She gonna learn. She has no, she has no choice. <laughs> or you can get a stroller and you can be pushing that thing until that baby can walk. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so, um, I'm gonna wrap it up, actually, unless you guys have any closing thoughts. Um, Support women's sports. Steven, we miss you. Steven, I hope you have upgraded your iOS and he will join us in the office next week. But thank you to Michelle for being game and Yeah, in. Steven, I hope you stay on vacation for a really long time so I can keep coming back on this podcast. Thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. We run the world, girl.